personal file. 69, offense. He was giving them the business. And a very happy Wednesday to you all. You're listening to the Personal Foul Podcast, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. I'm your host, Dylan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Aries. What's up? Okay, Aries, let's jump right into things. We got a lot to talk about. This was a pretty busy week in sports. Uh, Let's jump right into our first segment, the winners and losers. So give me a winner and a loser out of any sport, any topic, from this week in sports. All right. Well, college football was pretty big uh, this week, and my winners for this week would have to be two loss playoff teams. And those two teams are Auburn and Ohio State. Because what they did last Sunday is against high-quality opponents, against number 12 Michigan State, what Ohio State went against, and number one Georgia, which Auburn went against, they blew both of them out. And they both have two losses. And they both have a chance to win their uh, conference and go into the playoffs. And my loser this this um, this um uh, week would be... Hmm, my loser would be, for this week... The, huh, I don't really have a loser. Well, besides my team and stuff, because they always lose. But if I were to in case, choose... In case you didn't know, Aries is a diehard Florida fan. Yeah, and our team sucks this year. I'm not going to... I can't even bias my way out of saying that. Yeah, but my loser would have to be... Hmm, Seattle. Seattle's defense. Oh yeah, because they took a big of what hit. happened to Richard Sherman, they still won the game, but and they are second place in the uh, NFC West right now, and they need they need their strong legion of boom in order to make a playoff push, and they lost a big piece. All right, for me, I'm gonna have to say the winner of. My week was the turnover chain for Miami. It made several appearances in Miami's absolute domination over Notre Dame. And I think right now it's the hottest thing in sports. A lot of other teams want something like that. But theirs is just unique, and that's the U. Mm-hmm. And the loser for me has got to be the Pac-12 conference. I mean, their only hope left pretty much for the playoff was number nine Washington and they went down on a Friday to Stanford so basically as far as I'm concerned they're on the outside looking in on the Pac-12 or I mean on the college football playoff race I think they're going to be the one conference left out this year all right well that's a pretty good segue into college football this was a pretty stacked week for a bunch of ranked matchups as well as upsets um, we already kind of touched on number eight Miami. They won big over number three Notre Dame, forty-one to eight. Uh, what did you expect this coming out of Miami? Honestly, 
both of these teams I thought were a little bit overrated. But Miami, this was a put-up-or-shut-up game for both teams. Actually, whoever came out with this one, they would announce to the college football world that they are for real. And Miami just had the biggest statement win of the season with this win against Notre Dame. Uh, I wasn't expecting it, but now Miami looks like a real threat. Yeah, for me, I was expecting Notre Dame to come out and dominate this game. I fully admit that I've completely doubted Miami all the way up to this point, that they've been pretty much getting away with an easy schedule and barely beating bad teams. But this week, I think they really showed that they at least deserve to be in the discussion as of right now. Uh, Another big upset was, of course, number one, Georgia. They're first or second week as being the number one team and they fall on the road to number 10 Auburn I mean I thought this was going to be a close game but not the blowout that it was 40 to 17 so does this make Auburn the real deal or is it just a bad day for Georgia Mm, it was it makes Auburn's defense look for real and Auburn's offense look for real but it makes Georgia – I think Georgia needed this loss because Georgia has been dominating people, but they've been a one-dimensional offense that have relied on Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. And this loss to Auburn shows that that's not going to fly when it comes to the big dogs of the SEC and the SEC West and stuff like that since they've been having a pretty easy schedule now and with their barely beating of Notre Dame now that win is tarnished when Miami just trounced Notre Dame so are they officially out of the playoffs no because they still won the SEC East and if they can somehow beat Alabama then they'll make Alabama or Auburn because we don't know what's going to happen there then they'll make the college football playoffs and Auburn looks like the real deal now. But it always seems like Auburn's been put in this situation for like the third straight year. And it all comes down to that Saturday versus Alabama, honestly. Yeah, I think this was the first game that their freshman quarterback, Jake Fromm, actually looked like a true freshman quarterback. He looked like he didn't really quite know what to do against this Auburn defense and it was a pretty impressive performance by Auburn. Mm-hmm. Okay, number five, Oklahoma, runs away from number six, TCU. This was a game that everyone thought was going to be a shootout, and to an extent it kind of was, but Oklahoma pretty much had this game in hand throughout most of it. 38-20 to 20 is the final score. So my question is, does this put the Heisman race pretty much out of contention for anyone else that is not named Baker Mayfield? Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, Lamar Jackson is putting up good numbers, but this team is not winning at all. I think they lost against, like, Wake Forest or something like that a couple of Saturdays ago, even though he is the first college football player in history to have, what is it like, 4,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing in consecutive seasons or something like that. 
but yeah, his he, team is he's horrible. he's been going off, but yeah. yeah, like you said, he's he's still struggling as a team. Yeah, so that's the if Louisville was in the college football playoff race, then I think that Jackson would have the edge over Baker Mayfield. But since they're not, then this is Baker Mayfield's to lose. Yeah, and touching up on what you were talking about with Lamar Jackson, their losses were all right to begin. They lost to Clemson, they lost to NC State, but then they lost to Boston College. They beat a bad FSU team by three, and then, like you said, they went on the road and lost to Wake Forest the next week. So I think even though I don't think the Heisman should be completely about team record, I think especially as a quarterback, you have to kind of take responsibility for losses so at six and four i think lamar jackson has uh less than five percent chance to get this thing done for a second year yeah (sighs) if he was on an actual capable team okay so a team that georgia really needed to lose especially after their their weekend was number two Alabama but of course this is Alabama we're talking about and they never seem to lose they escape Mississippi State with a touchdown in the last 30 seconds of the game they win 31 to 24 in a pretty much back and forth game was this was this indicative of Alabama's season so far where they kind of haven't really played many many people or is it just kind of like a wake-up call and they're going to turn it on here late? It's it's sort of a wake-up call, and it's a sort of a statement that Alabama is – their defense is injured. I think all of their starters and secondary linebackers, all of them are injured. Stuff like that. Like they're going deep, deep, deep in to their recruits and starting like freshmen and sophomores at linebackers. And it's showing with this win here. I mean, yeah, they pulled out the win, but it's kind of alarming that the, you know, the iron defense that no one seems to score against in Alabama, it's looking a little less fierce now. Yeah, I think, I believe that Minka Fitzpatrick, their star corner is out right now. So that's definitely a big loss. And Mm -hmm. Like you said, they they have a lot of backups playing. I mean, I'm sure all of those backups are probably highly touted five-star recruits, but when you're playing in roles that you're not accustomed to, I mean, of course, you're going to kind of have some growing pains there. Mm -hmm. All right, another undefeated team in Wisconsin, number eight Wisconsin, they go to 10-0 with a 38-14 really convincing win over number 20 Iowa. Those 14 points came off of two pick sixes by the same Iowa defender, but the offense was completely shut down for the Hawkeyes. Does this solidify Wisconsin as a true contender, or are they just kind of the afterthought in the Big Ten? Because you always hear about, you know, of course, in the beginning of the season, it was Penn State, Ohio State. Both of them now have two losses, but Wisconsin is still kind of not really talked about, even though they're 10-0. and because who do they, they really have a shot? Who have they really beaten though? That's that's the big question for Wisconsin is they haven't really beaten anyone. Yeah, they beat Iowa, 
who was ranked, but still they got 14 points and two of them were for pick sixes. So yes, their defense kind of shut down Iowa, who wasn't a great offense to begin with, but their quarterback is through two pick sixes in that game. And usually when you throw two pick sixes, you're not supposed to win that game if it's against a good opponent. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Like Wisconsin has been pretty much living off their defense. I mean, Hornibrook has kind of looked shaky and I mean they they haven't been known as an offensive team to begin with but I think it's going to hurt them later on if they can't move the ball because this may have just been a one-off kind of deal where they face a team that Iowa isn't very strong offensively so I mean their offense isn't going to do much against great Wisconsin defense so their defense is out on the field a lot longer so they give up points all right more big 10 scores uh as you said earlier number 13 ohio state demolishing number 12 michigan state who's fresh off a win over penn state although it was during like a heavily delayed uh storm game but they come out and win 48 to 3 very convincing so they were part of your winners for this week. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the first year that a two-loss team makes a college football playoff? Um, you have to look at it. It's either going to be the first two-loss team or the first one-loss non-champion. Because how I see it, this is what I'm picturing. If Auburn beats Alabama, Auburn goes to the SEC championship and beats Georgia. Can a one-loss Alabama team still get in? Of if course. they didn't win the SEC championship because they still only have one loss. And then there's two two-loss te- two two-loss champions because I think that Ohio State's going to whoop with, on Wisconsin, which will help them a lot. And then, but then Auburn, on the other hand, has two wins against two number one teams. So I think it's a very weird spot for college football, which is why I think that there should be six teams. I don't know why they aren't making it six teams yet. Yeah, currently in the latest AP Top 25, um, while we're recording this, we're actually about 15 minutes away from the start of the playoff selection show. So hopefully by the end of this episode, we can get those to you. But as of right now in the AP Top 10, there's three two lost teams in there in number six Auburn at eight and two number eight Ohio State at eight and two number nine Notre Dame oh actually four and number 10 Oklahoma State at eight and two so there's four two lost teams currently sitting in the top 10 Mm -hmm. so I think there's a really good chance as well as you know Oklahoma has one loss Clemson has one loss so there's definitely a chance for more teams to go down this this is the first year where two losses doesn't seem like uh you're dead out of yeah the you're water down now. and out i don't think yeah. so i think other than like washington who's sitting at 16 and they have two losses i think it's just because you know you're in the pack 12 i think i think they're pretty much down and out as well as the fact that they're pretty much they need two teams ahead of them to even win their division in the Pac-12. They need Washington State and Stanford to go down and certain things to play out certain ways. 
So they, they're they the least likely out of those three to win the Pac-12 North. So I think they're, they might not even make the Pac-12 championship. So that kind of rules them out. And then there's the underdog team in UCF, who is undefeated also. They're yeah, number... We'll, we'll touch on that later because I have some... Uh, I disagree with you on some points there. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, more Big 12 news. Um, number 15, Oklahoma State, like we mentioned, they're currently number 10 now in the AP poll. They won in dramatic fashion in a shootout. Surprisingly, the shootout ended with a defensive play. They got an interception in the end zone while number 21, Iowa State, was driving to tie the game. It was really exciting. It was really exciting, excuse me. Um, they called it an interception on the field. At the very end, the receiver seemed to rip the ball away from the defender. So they're thinking maybe it's a touchdown, but they went to review and ended up confirming the call that it was an interception. So they kind of escaped there. Iowa State would have had three a 3-0 and record against the three top teams in their conference, but they end up losing that one. So I think Iowa State's in a position going forward because you know they're actually looking pretty good and playing good against ranked teams but for Oklahoma State this is really a must win to stay alive in the conference Uh, more upsets Georgia Tech upset number 17 Virginia Tech 28 to 22 and like I said earlier Stanford upset number 9 Washington 30 to 22 Bryce Love on an injured ankle, still played. He had 166 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Washington had the number one defense coming in, and man, oh man, were their fans coming at me because I'm an Oregon fan, as Mm -hmm. you guys can probably tell on my channel, and Washington Washington is a bitter rival. And so Washington, obviously, coming fresh off their win, over Oregon, they're they're kind of high and mighty right now, sitting with the number one defense in the country statistically. But, you know, I pointed out that they pretty much miss every big player in the Pac-12. They mm-hmm. didn't play Khalil Tate. They didn't play Sam Darnold. They missed Justin Herbert, who was out with an injury. They only played Josh Rosen for half of the game. He went out with an injury. And they hadn't played... Bryce Love up until then and they kind of got exposed they got put up for the most points they've given up all year and 30 points they let Bryce Love rush for three touchdowns on a bum ankle so I was kind of I was kind of pleased with that and on top of that they're they're the best team in the Pac-12 there's I don't think there's any doubt I think USC is close but not quite but I just don't see them anywhere near being a top 10 team. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of Pac-12 fans, that's not good. But for me, I really don't care. I mean, it's Washington. I, <laughs> I could see them suffer all I want. But yeah, so I think Washington is completely out of it right now unless something absolutely crazy happens. First, they need something crazy to happen in Washington State and Stanford. But I think they're pretty much out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, basically the Pac-12 is in limbo. <laughs> yeah, that I think it's going to be the second year that they've missed the college football playoff. And honestly, I'm not very sad about that. Because Oregon's not in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, if it's not Oregon, it's nobody is my mentality. 
Okay, so head coaching searches. This has been kind of a, a topic recently. I mean, Oregon State uh, parted ways with Gary Anderson. He pretty much quit on the team uh, a f- few months ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee parted ways with Butch Jones, and Florida parted ways with Jim McElwain. Um, all of those teams are mightily struggling. There's been some big names thrown around for all of those teams. In fact, some of those te- some of those names include Chip Kelly, former Oregon Ducks coach. He's currently out of a job. There Scott Frost. Be... Go ahead. I was going to say there seem to be a lot of uh, Oregon coaches uh, oh, talked yeah. about, you know. Yeah, definitely. I was I was just about to say uh, Scott Frost. He's the current uh, coach at Central Florida. He's doing a really good job there. We'll talk more about them in a second. But Central Florida, um, he he coached. He was the offensive coordinator at Oregon while they went to the national championship with Marcus Mariota. So he's a really good coach, and he also uh, played at Nebraska. So he's kind of in that Nebraska discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have. Willie Taggart, current coach at the University of Oregon. Not um, even know, for a full year yet. Yeah. Oregon fans can't catch a break here. We finally get the coach of our dreams in Willie Taggart. He's doing a great job. He's got the number five recruiting class currently for 2018, number one in some sites, and he's doing a great job. I mean, the record doesn't quite show it, but that's because Justin Herbert, their star quarterback, has been injured for the majority of these this tough stretch of the season. So it's kind of taken off, but he's got a great staff there. I think they're going to have a winning season here real soon, pro- probably next year. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just too solid of a choice for Florida to pick Willie Taggart to not kind of discuss it. I mean, it's only been less than a year, as you said, but Florida is his home state. He recruits really if, well in Florida. If he would have waited like a year, there's no there's no chance that he's going to Oregon over Florida. Oh, no way. No way. Florida is... Oregon is definitely one of the better jobs in college football. I mean, you got the Nike money, you got the facilities, you got the uniforms. And a lot of these players grew up when Oregon was in the Chip Kelly era and they saw how great it was. But it's nothing compared to Florida. Florida's had some tough seasons here, but it's still Florida. Florida's got to be probably a top five job in all of college football. There's no way you're going to turn that down. Mm -hmm. So I think he's kind of denied the rumors to an extent, saying that no one from Florida's contacted him, but he hasn't actually said that he's not interested or anything. Yeah, he just said he hasn't been contacted. Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance, which kind of scares me. The only thing that I think might prevent it is, A, he's already kind of built up this uh, this recruiting class and this repertoire with but, Oregon. But, but then Florida has, what, the number eight recruiting class right now? Oh, yeah. No, f- recruiting won't be a problem for Taggart. I think he could definitely be in the yeah. top five year in and year out of Florida, especially because a lot of his recruits are from Florida. But I think it's just going to be so much harder for him to just up and leave a big recruiting class like that as well as the fact that he had to move his entire family out to Oregon and I think moving them again moving his sons out of school that you know his 
oldest son is being recruited right now. He's playing football. I think that would be kind of a, a weighing decision. But I'm sure this he won't let any of this come out until after the season. So we'll yeah. just, we're just kind of in a wait-and-see mode right now. Yeah. Okay, so we kind of already touched on this. Aries, I want to let you uh, talk about your Florida Gators and maybe how sad you are. <laughs> Get it off what? your chest. This year, I, I was just so excited for this year because it's third year. We came out for back-to-back SEC East championships, back-to-back double-digit win seasons. It looked like we were about to take the next step, maybe challenge Alabama. And then the season starts and we lose to Michigan. I'm like, all right, well, that's just the first game of the season. And it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. As you can see now with multiple two lost teams being in the hunt for the college football playoffs. But then we started having close win games. And I was like, you know, we might be like Auburn's team of destiny in 2014. We might have just a whole bunch of close wins. And, and and then we lost to LSU. And I was like, well, that sucks. Because Florida fans hate LSU with a passion. And LSU fans hate Florida with a passion. It's just one of those rivalries. And I was like, okay, but it's all right. It's all right. And then we lose to Texas A&M. I'm like, that's not good. Texas A&M usually sucks right now around this time of season. And we lost to them. Then we got blown out by Georgia and blown out by Missouri and blown and lost to our former head coach. So this is this has been a really really stru- hard season for Florida. The only upside I could see from this is if we if we have a quarterback competition with not just Felipe Franks and um what you call it Malik Zaire. But everyone, Jake Allen, uh, Kyle Trask, all of them try out for quarterback, so we can find our quarterback for the future. Instead yeah, of think, trying to step one, trying to play for this year because this year is pretty much done. I think yeah, if if you look at Oregon last year, that's kind of what they went through. They they brought in a for the second straight year they brought in a graduate transfer from the FCS, Dakota Prukop. He came in, he was supposed to be pretty good. He ended up not really working, and they decided halfway through the season, I mean, the season was already lost, and they decided to bring in true freshman Justin Herbert, and he kind of struggled a little bit, but he really showed that he's going to be the quarterback of the future. So I think that's kind of similar to what Florida's going through. I mean, they already know their season is lost, so might as well just kind of hold a game tryout for quarterbacks. I'd rather not go to a bowl game instead of having six wins with a horrible quarterback going to the Birmingham Bowl again. I never want to go there again. Okay, as for Oregon, I mean, it's kind of been a tough year just because it's a season of what if. Oregon started 4-1 and one under Justin Herbert. Well, the fourth win came. He got knocked out in the second quarter on a read option he ran the ball into the end zone he scored a touchdown and someone landed on him and he broke his collarbone so he's been out ever since but they started four and one they looked pretty decent i think they could have had a nine or ten win season including a bowl 
but with him gone, they've lost pretty much all of their games with a uh, true freshman backup quarterback, and he's been able to do absolutely nothing for this offense. He can't throw it downfield, so it's just kind of been a, a roller coaster there. But I think it definitely shows a lot of promise for next year. I mean, the defense looks immeasurably better than last year. I think last year they finished, I think, second worst in out of 128 teams in total defense. And this year, I believe they're way up from that. They're, I think they're in the 60s or something. I have to look it up again, but... They're they're way up there, much improved. They're they're up there in sacks, like they're getting tons of pressure on the quarterbacks. Them, I mean, just every phase of the defense is improved. They actually can rely on their defense. I mean, obviously it's no Washington or Alabama, but they can actually rely on their defense to keep them in games and close out things, rather than last year where it was just completely on the offense to win a shootout. So that's encouraging, and obviously the recruiting class and knock on wood Willie Taggart stays but imagine if you guys had Vernon Vernon Adams right now oh man oh man I mean because he was like a diamond that wasn't used properly I I love Justin Herbert I truly think that honestly by next season or if he stays for a senior season I seriously no bias think that he has a shot at being a Heisman contender, at least in in the conversation, because he has that kind of talent. But he's only started like nine games, I think, in his career, because he started halfway through last season in his true freshman year. And then this season, obviously, he's been hurt. And he has a chance to come back this weekend against Arizona. It's still not determined yet. But it's just kind of too early to say that. But Vernon Adams was something magic. I mean, he was a little guy. No one really thought anything, but he could throw a deep ball. He had the most miraculous like pocket presence to be able to escape situations. He was like Oregon's version of Russell Wilson. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, that would be amazing to have seen Vernon Adams stay for more than just one year. But, yeah, I think overall it's a sad season for both of us, but there should be a lot of promise in the future. As long as Willie Tiger doesn't mm-hmm. flip to Florida, in which then, case then there's I'll... promise for us. I mean, <laughs> if, if Willie Tiger goes to Florida, I'll probably have to, I'll probably have to never speak to you again. But... Oh wow! <laughs> but as long as Willie Tiger stays and Florida gets a good head coach, with they, which they will, because it's Florida. Yeah, I think both of them can see some real promise next season. Okay, going into our next segment, sticking with college football. Pretender or Contender, where we re- reveal our thoughts. Who is real and who is just pretending? So, Aries, give me your pretenders in college football. My pretenders in college football are Washington. That's one. The second one is, I believe, it would be Michigan State. And my third pretender will be, if this will load, Washington, Michigan State, and then Notre Dame. Those are my three pretenders. All right. For me, I'm going to have Ohio State. I mean, 
they they've been kind of up and down i mean they lost to oklahoma and everyone's like oh they're not that good then they started rattling off wins they are good then they lose to iowa and they're not good anymore and then this week they beat michigan state and they are good as a two loss team i i think they especially it being ohio state i'm I'm guessing that they still have a real good shot at getting in. I mean, there's still a lot of football left to play, but I say they're a pretender. I don't think they're a legit team. Just like last season, they got in when I don't think they should have. That was just my opinion, and lo and behold, they get stomped 31-0 by Clemson. Um, my next pretender is Georgia. I mean, that's kind of obvious. They. I mean, I, I agreed the last few weeks that they should be number one over Alabama just because Alabama hadn't played anyone, but especially the way Notre Dame looked, that was their best win. I think they're a pretender now. And Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin is my, my next team just because I'm sure a lot of Wisconsin fans are going to hate this because they're sitting there thinking we beat a top 25 team handedly. What else do we have to do to prove ourselves? But honestly, I, I need to see them beat someone probably. That in the, was in the... their only top twenty-five win because they have no other top twenty-five team on their schedule. Yeah, the the only other chance they have at a top twenty-five team is if somehow Michigan <laughs> Michigan gets ranked. Somehow. Yeah, if, if if they get ranked or if they meet a ranked team in the Big Ten championship game. If they win out completely, including the Big Ten Championship, yeah, I just I think they should be in. But as of right now, I have them as pretender. Okay, now on to your contenders. Who is in your playoff top four? My top four right now? Okay, question. Are we doing this by how they looked? Like the quality of them and how they looked? Or are we doing this by that end record? Um, let's base it off of a few things. One, how they looked, record, and if you actually think like this is how they should be like in the future, not not necessarily like okay. if the playoffs were right now, but also do you think they can win out and okay. get in? Number one, Alabama, of course. They should have I believe they should have been the number one team to begin with, but you know, it's too bad ideas. Number two would be Miami, of course. Number three, if we're thinking about future here, number three would be Clemson. And number four, I would put, hmm, it's a toss-up between Oklahoma and Auburn for me. Auburn, interesting. So in in this theory... In this, in this would theory, Auburn, would Auburn, Auburn beat would be, Alabama? In this theory, Auburn would beat Alabama, which would mean that in this theory, Auburn would probably be like the number two ranked team. Alabama would be like the number fourth ranked team. So Alabama misses the SEC championship, but still wins the um, still wins the, just still makes the college football playoffs. All right. And then Oklahoma, Dave, the, te- the uh, ranked teams that they versed, 
I mean, just look at this. They beat TCU by 18. They beat Oklahoma State by 10. And they beat Ohio State by almost 20 a, a points. Lot, yeah. So they have they have a worse loss than uh than um Auburn, but they only have one loss. And their wins are against top three top ten teams. Yeah, uh I'm gonna agree if you if you take out Auburn and you do put in Oklahoma, I have the same teams as you do, but in a different order. I have number one Alabama. I think they win out personally. I have number two, I have Clemson, number three, Oklahoma, and then Miami is four. I, it's between the two, yeah, it's between the two of them from Auburn and Oklahoma. Those could flip-flop for me. I'm sure a lot of Hurricanes fans would probably be in the same boat as Wisconsin as far as, you know. But Miami has an actual win. Yeah, they have actual wins. But my problem is I don't think Notre Dame is as good as they were cracked up to be. But they were at least a top 15 team. Yeah, they were, I definitely think, a top 15 team. But number three, no way. Yeah. So I think Miami, having not really played anyone up until that point, I mean, they played decent teams but not really great teams and they also looked pretty mediocre against bad teams like Florida State then you did a last second touchdown to win so I think them being at two is a little too high but I do have them squeaking in at four I think that they'll I think that it's going to be between the winner of Miami and Clemson if they verse yeah yeah because they verse each other the ACC championship, December 2nd. I think if Clemson and Miami both went out and then Clemson beats Miami in a close game in the title game, then they both can get in. But if Miami beats Clemson, then Miami gets in and Clemson probably drops out. Mm-hmm. Okay, this leads into another discussion that we've been kind of we argued about it, I think, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. This is the topic of both the playoffs being can a non-Power 5 team ever make it in, and two, should the college football playoffs be expanded to more teams? I believe, in my own heart, that it either needs to be an eight, 6, 8, or 10-team playoffs. I'm just going to start off with that, okay? Because it should be like the um, NFL, how the NFL is like, how you have the champion of each conference getting in and then wildcard teams who were good, but they didn't win the championship, but they were still very good. So I think it should be the winner of each conference and Power 5 to make winning the conferences mean something. So so Again. you get an automatic bid if you win yeah. the conference. You get automatic okay. bid if you win the conference and then there's teams that were great but they still but they didn't win the conference. And the top two teams get a one week bye. Okay. That's what I think. For for me, I think 
I know a lot of people, including you, would like a big playoff, kind of like more March Madness East style or NFL playoff style with a lot more teams. But personally, I kind of like the exclusivity of four teams. But if I were to expand it, I would expand it to only five. Because if you expand it to six or more, that means like you were saying, you get multiple or you, you, you're going to get uh, two teams from the same conference pretty much every year, at least two teams, right? So yeah. I think it would make it a lot, it would mean, make it mean a lot more to win your conference if it's not an automatic bid, but pretty much if you win your conference, you're most likely going to be in. So you get five teams and number four and number five, number f- five is kind of like your wild card or number four. And so number four and five play each other to see who gets to be the fourth team. And then at that point, then you can carry on as it is right now with four teams. So, it's so like that way, but... yeah. So that way on normal seasons, it'll be the five champions of the power five conferences. And if there's a year where one conference is really bad, then, you know, then you could get two teams in from the same conference or like an undecided or a non-power five, which I don't think will happen, but that's our second conversation is non-power five teams. But it also makes it so even if like, let's take last year, for example, how we had, Penn State, who should have went in. How we had, um, how we had uh, U USC. Yeah, USC had real two zero and two, but they knocked off 10, 11 straight wins. I think at the end of the season. So yeah, you have teams were, like were that. Two loss or three loss? They were two or loss. Two loss? I think there were two loss. They went zero and two, and then they won eleven straight. Or was they went zero and three, and then they went ten straight? See the one or the other. But you could argue that they were one of the top four teams in the playoffs. But with a six or even an eight-team playoff, you don't have to worry about that. Because then it's the champions, and then that way you have three wildcard teams. You would have three wildcard teams in there. See, see I, would, I would argue that Although USC was probably one of the best teams at the end of the year in the country, they came in with three losses. They came in with a 9-3 and three record to end the season, to end the regular season. So I could justify them being left out. So with a five-team playoff, then it would be, last year it would be Alabama, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and Penn State, Penn State, and who else was it? It was like um, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Penn State, Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma made it. Oklahoma was one of the four teams. No. Yeah, because Penn State was five. Oklahoma. Alabama beat Oklahoma. No, Al- oh, 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 Washington. 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 It oh. completely slipped my mind. I, the, it, the team was, that I yeah. hate the most, yeah. I completely forgot about. So it was Alabama versus Washington, and then it was Clemson versus Ohio State, and then with my proposed theory, it would have been Penn State thrown in there. So I believe it was Washington was the fourth team in, 
So it would have been Penn State versus Washington. And I think Penn State would have won that game. So then we would have gotten so then Penn it State would have been, versus Alabama? Yeah. So it could have played out a little bit differently. Mm. Okay, now on to your, uh, your argument earlier in the week, which was you think UCF has a chance yes. this year to make it in. Elaborate. Well, in order for them to make it, there has to be a whole bunch of stuff that happens. Like, they have, they've beaten everyone on their record. They have a big game against UCF, USF coming up. If they win that handily, then maybe they can squeak in. But then there's also, you need like something horrible has to happen like Georgia losing to Georgia Tech Auburn beating Alabama but Georgia beating Auburn something like that and then like Ohio State somehow getting a third loss and somehow beating and beating uh, Wisconsin something like that has to happen where there are like multiple three loss champions or something like that then maybe UCF could squeak in, but even then it's a stretch. I would say, barring something ridiculous, I mean, this year, I think it's absolutely, there's no possible chance, but in the future, I think barring either a big expansion of the playoffs or something absolutely crazy happening, I think it's virtually impossible for a non-Power 5 team to get in just the way it's set up. And the way it's voted, because a big portion of voting, as you see with like Wisconsin and M- Miami up until last week, was strength of schedule, mm-hmm. and they just didn't have it. And they're um, they're still playing power five teams, but on the case of UCF, they're not, or they're not playing good teams. Maybe. I mean they they do play USF, but USF does have a loss, which are, hurts their case, and. That's just one game, so I I just don't think they have enough. Honestly, it's gonna get to the point where uh, good power out non power five teams, they're just gonna become independents. It's gonna like get to Dame. that point, like a Notre Dame, and just play whoever they want to play. I think there's been several proposals about expanding conferences such as the big 12 mm-hmm. big 12 does not have 12 teams in it but if you add say like a boise state in there and maybe a san diego state possibly mm-hmm. you know some of those teams that are on the cusp if you add those in then boise state would actually have a shot because as you know in the past with the bcs system boise state's kind of been a little bit looked down upon for as far as like a title race so i think that would be an option to actually get them in and it, it would expand the big 12 to actually 12 teams mm-hmm. okay real quick let's go over heisman leaders we kind of talked about this earlier but yeah. who do you have leading the heisman race well baker mayfield of course um, who else is there saquon barkley lost? <laughs> no i think 
It was Saquon's Heisman to lose up until yeah. about like two or three weeks ago, and then he lost it. Yeah. But then there's also those uh, those Ohio State fans that will be like, JT Barrett deserves the Heisman. He's been cut for three years. And stuff yeah, I like think that. It, they were loud and proud after that Penn State game, and then he came out and threw like four interceptions i think against iowa so, so that was but then they ugly. still won 55 oh wait yeah they ohio lost. state just seems never to go away yeah because just when you think okay this is their second loss they lost to an iowa team bad they're out of it but all of a sudden a bunch of teams lose the game this week they win big against a ranked opponent and now all of a sudden they're right back in it so yeah um I agree with you. Baker Mayfield obviously is the number one choice as of right now. First and foremost, he's a quarterback, so that already helps his case. And he's on one of the hottest teams offensively. Um, Behind him, I have to have Bryce Love for Stanford. Like I said, he put up a big game, not even being 100% against Washington. He has missed some time this year, notably against Oregon State. So that kind of hurts him as well as his Mm. team record. But I think the numbers that he's put up are better than pretty much any running back in the country. So that gives him a good case. And I'm going to throw a kind of dark horse in there. The most electric player probably of the entire season, Khalil Tate for Arizona. Yeah. He started as a third-string quarterback. Nobody saw this coming. He came in after a few games in the season and just lit the whole college football world on fire he got arizona ranked exactly that's no easy task i mean arizona was supposed to be probably the second worst team in the pac-12 ahead of oregon state State, yeah. yeah and lo and behold there they played usc last week for a chance to really take the lead in the pac-12 south they lost that game close but khalil tate was pretty much the part that kept them in that game and he's just been going off. I mean, I don't think he really has a shot just based on Arizona's stature and... Wins, losses. Yeah, and, you know, he came in late and all that, but I think he definitely deserves to be in that talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, switching gears now to the NFL. And the biggest story all season long has been major injuries to star players. You got David Johnson, Aaron Rodgers... Richard Sherman now, Deshaun Watson. It's just the list is huge now. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of this? Like what how has this hurt the NFL? I mean it see the difference the the NFL is different than any other sports thing out there, really. Because it's like if a player in the NBA gets hurt, like if LeBron James or Stephen Curry is out for the season, you lost a ton of fans. Exactly, yeah. If they're out. But with the NFL, people are more fans of teams and not fans of players. So it doesn't really hurt the NFL because it's more of a next man up league. Where we have people like Robert Woods coming in for 170-something yards receiving. Or we have players like um, Brett Hundley not 
become like have their own um what you call it have their own coming out party against a team like Chicago. We have other stars like that coming out into this league because of the injuries. I I kind of agree with you there just because like you said the NBA is is a smaller roster so you're going to have more impact for a single player going down and NFL obviously there's 22 major players on both sides mm-hmm. but I think this year there's been star star players JJ Watt Odell Beckham Jr. I mean these are guys that are like the faces of the NFL but, and they're going down but with them going down would we have seen that catch that that guy from Washington that um guy that came off the practice squad a week oh, ago yeah. Will yeah, we see that, that catch? That one catch, yeah. Will we see that I catch? I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you're still going to get highlight plays, but I think had that catch been, I mean, I'm not saying, like, obviously it was Redskins, not the Giants, but say if that catch was made by Odo Beckham in a game, that would be headline news pretty much in the sports world. Odell Beckham does it again, kind of. Yeah. But it's this player. It's still probably going to be one of the catches of the year, but it's just it doesn't have that weight behind the name. Yeah. So I think in that terms it kind of hurts them as well as especially with the quarterbacks cuz quarterback is such a vital position you see with Deshaun Watson the Texans just suck now and they were yeah. one of the most electric teams. So it kind of hurts them in that sense like people want to see they were exciting one of the games. Most dangerous teams. Yeah, and, and same goes for like Aaron Rodgers or something where yeah. he's probably the most clutch quarterback you could argue, alongside with Brady, that's playing right now. So it kind of hurts. And Wilson, Russell Wilson. He's pretty clutch, too. Russell Wilson, yeah. You could throw his name in there. Uh, Most surprising team this year in the NFL. It can be Um, surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Surprisingly bad would be the Giants. Yeah, the Giants. We were expecting them and the Cowboys to just... (laughs) go at each other for the NFC East. Like I predicted that the Giants would go twelve and four. And I predicted that this would be the year that they that Eli Manning beats Tom Brady for a third time. Cause I mean yeah. they had the receiving core. They had the defense. They signed Brandon Marshall. They, yeah. You they, know they they, they were had Thur- Sterling Shepard as their third receiving option. Exactly. Third or fourth from it's either Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram as a third or fourth receiving option. But then we realized how important an offensive line is in the NFL. Because without an offensive line, you could have all the talent in the world. And New York had all the talent. They were probably one of the most talented teams. But if they didn't yeah, have I, an offensive line, they were, they were done. I think you can also see that effect in the Cowboys. Last year, they had the number one offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott looked like a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going off. And then this year, they kind of tapered off. You know, yeah. it's not the same. I think... Uh, I forget his name for the Falcons. He had six sacks yeah. by himself last week, and it, they've just gone downhill. Mm-hmm. And obviously now Elliot is officially, unofficially, Out officially. Four, six games. <laughs> yeah, suspended finally after going back and forth yeah. pretty much all year. So he's out now, so it's definitely they're going to be in a struggling situation. 
surprisingly good team though would be the Saints. The Saints, yeah. Even though you know, <laughs> my Vikings beat them. You know, something about that. But still, they're seven and two, seven straight wins. They're actually a balanced offense right now. We were expecting them to be last in the uh, NFC South. And Tampa, Carolina, and Atlanta battle for the top of the division. But the Saints have really taken the division. With Atlanta still doing their Super Bowl uh, hangover. And actually Carolina finally getting into some rhythm. But it might be too little too late. They've really seized control of it. Also, you know, your classic clash of characters. Biggest bad surprise, second biggest bad surprise would be the Oakland Raiders. They were another team that people thought would take the next step, but I don't know what, I don't really know what happened. They got Marshawn Lynch. They... It was one of their last times in LA and Oakland and they just they just haven't lived up to the hype. Um, I think for me surprisingly good. I mean, you, you kinda touched on it, the the Giants. I was expecting them to be in contention for a Super Bowl, but that's not happening now. Yeah. But surprisingly good teams would be the Jaguars they are second right now in a close race against the Titans in the AFC South Mm -hmm. Uh, the Rams leading the NFC West I thought they were going to be an absolute dumpster fire this year Jared Goff looked mediocre in college he looked terrible last year and this year do coaching staff I don't know what it was but he's looking really good this year and your precious Vikings mm-hmm. I mean without Sam Bradford without Teddy Bridgewater they're somehow seven and two and looking Mike Zimmer to be in a really be good position of the year. yeah Mike Zimmer coach of the year already as long as they don't collapse sorry to bring it up collapse like last year <laughs> you don't speak I think about that. I think they he pretty much has coach of the year locked up and Bridgewater back. I think they have a really good shot. Oh yeah. Most, this is the most surprising thing for the NFL for me. How much better the NFC is this year than the AFC. I mean, usually it's pretty even or the AFC is a little bit better. Yeah. But right now the NFC is so much better than the AFC right now. I would agree. Like there are multiple good teams. Like they have, you have the Saints, this, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Rams. Then you have those are the just the division leaders. Panthers at six, seven, and three. They're not. They're not. They're division leaders, and they are seven and three. You have teams like that. You still have the Falcons. If they get rid of their Super Bowl hangover, they're still dangerous. You got the Seahawks. They're always going to be in contention for something. I mean. NFC just has been better than the AFC this year. The Cardinals, they're right there in the Super Bowl talks. Ha, that's funny. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm a Cardinals fan, so it's been kind of a tough year without uh, David Johnson, now without Carson Palmer. I don't think they would have been that great this year anyway. Yeah. 
yeah. just with their offensive line and but but look new at defense, the bright but, side. You yeah. got uh, Adrian Peterson now. <laughs> Adrian Peterson's like uh, trying to be David Johnson right now. Yeah, especially without the uh, good offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the Cardinals lost another offensive lineman for the year in the last game. You guys should just get yourself a quarterback. Yeah, they they need a quarterback. I was you, you could I was have you around. could have uh, either Sam Bradford or Case Keenum for us. Yeah, I was joking around. The the Vikings need to lend a quarterback because when uh when Sam Bradford was going off early in the season, there was talks about oh Bradford could be the quarterback. Let's get a, rid of Bridgewater, and I was like Cardinals got to get Bridgewater. And then mm-hmm. Bradford got hurt. Bridgewater's back. So now I'm thinking, all right, let's maybe let's try Bradford. That let's could get work. Bradford. Let's let's get someone from Minnesota. That was our woes from last year was, well, it just speaks to the offensive line being so important in football because last year we had an atrocious offensive line, and this year we just spent a whole bunch of money on the offensive line. And last year it was pretty much the Vikings' defense was saving them. But this year, like, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't, I didn't even think my team was capable of scoring 38 points. Yeah, 38 in the NFL especially is a pretty high I didn't number. think that was possible. I didn't think that was possible for our offense to actually win games for us. Even though Case Keenum did throw two interceptions, two costly back-to-back interceptions, which was horrible. But, you know, yeah. forgive. Uh, So we kind of touched on this already real quick. The conference standings, there's a lot of good teams throughout. Not all of them are leading the division, but currently leading the AFC East, the Patriots, the AFC North, the Steelers, the AFC South, the Titans. They looked pretty good. I think they've won four straight now, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, in the AFC West, the Chiefs, they kind of stumbled a little bit, but they're still leading. Three NFC West, yeah, they, they need to figure it out. The NFC West, the Rams have a one-game lead over the Seahawks. Um, the NFC East, the Eagles, the NFC North, your Vikings. Who have what, NFC like a three-game lead now or something like that? Like a two-and-a-half like to three-game lead? Let's let's check it out. Because we're 7-2 and two and everyone else yeah, is like four the losses. Li- the Lions are 5-4. and four. That's the yeah. next closest team. So, yeah, you're, you're sitting pretty right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over in the NFC South, the Red Hot Saints. Seven straight wins. Uh, just a few notable matchups for next week 11. Um, the Rams play the Vikings. That a couple is, of 7-2 and two teams. That is going to be... That's basically going to be the fight for uh, a bye. In the playoffs. Is this is this a pretender or contender this matchup? Is, I would say it's a pretender or a contender matchup. I would say this is a put up or shut up matchup. All right, I like it. So I'm a, you you sticking with your Vikings? You think they get it out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound yeah. too confident. You know, because like this is Teddy's. I don't know. Game. I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to be our starting quarterback? We don't know who's going to yeah. start yet. We're still favored to win. 
Isn't that crazy? Like, you don't even know what your quarterback's going to be from week to week. It's kind of like that um, the Ohio State team that won the championship, national championship. Don't. Don't bring it up. Kind of like don't, that. How we had, don't speak about that. We don't three, speak about that. Three, three quarterbacks, right? The same as the Vikings. Two of them got injured. <laughs> and one of them just took over and won a championship. Just, <sighs> maybe that's the Vikings. Yep. Losing to a third-string quarterback in the championship game. <laughs> How did it feel, Dylan? Hey, I mean, at least we won a Rose Bowl. It's all right. It's I'm telling myself it's gonna be all right. All right. At least you beat Jameis Winston. Yeah, that felt pretty damn good. <laughs> I just I just think of it as we won the Rose Bowl and then the season ended. You know. It, was, yeah. it ended right there. It was mm-hmm. just a, a pickup game. It was just a pickup game. That's all it was. Yeah, it was just an exhibition. That's yeah. all it was. All right, uh, another notable matchup: rivalry Eagles Cowboys. Um, Eagles look really good. Carson Cowboys Wentz look really is bad. Like possible MVP dark horse right now if he keeps this up. No, he's not even a dark horse anymore. He's like the lead. Yeah, I'm I'm just hesitant on calling him that just because he's so young. And then like he has honestly, to really be consistent. In my opinion, the MVP should be Leonard Fournette. Interesting. He because did miss a game. He missed he missed a game because he missed a team photo shoot and they sat him. They ended up still winning against the Bengals, but barely, I thought that was pretty funny. Barely win. Barely win. You, you okay. sit out probably your best player. Yeah. <laughs> for missing a team a photo. Team photo shoot. And I have him on fantasy too. I was mad. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But like, the Jaguars went from worst to first, tied for first, about. So. And a yeah, big part right of that there. is for they, Leonard they need, Fournette. They need the Titans to lose. Or they to need to there. beat the Titans. I don't care. because the, the, the Titans are my second favorite team. So the Jaguars defense is looking spectacular. Like mm-hmm. They call them Saxonville for a reason. Mm-hmm. They just get after. I think they've had two 10-sack games this year, which is crazy. And their secondary is shut down. I mean... They look like a pretty scary team. Calais Campbell, first year from the Cardinals, had to give him up because of salary. He deserves issues. every and single penny. Man, he is going off. So, but you know, like I said, they need they you, need some you, help with the. You Titans. know, you know who else is going off? You know who else is going off from the Vikings? Everson Griffin at having at least one sack every single game. All right, Aries. Tone it down. He's having at least <laughs> one sack every no, single no, I game. Know. I, yeah, I agree. All right, uh, the next game, Titans, Steelers. Another put up or seven shut up two game. Steelers, six and three Titans. The Jaguars beat the Steelers, and they need the Titans to lose to gain that upper edge in the AFC South. No, wouldn't it be a tie? Wait, the Jaguars would only have a half a game lead then. I believe because the Titans, um, if beat I'm not the Jag- mistaken, yeah, the, the Titans, Titans beat, beat the, the Jaguars. Jaguars, so it would be a tie with the tiebreaker yeah. going to the Titans. Yeah, but right now they need them to lose to at least close that gap a little bit. 
Or they did need to just beat them in the head-to-head. They could just do that. Okay, uh, moving over to college basketball, which just got tipped off this past week. Uh, of course, the biggest story in maybe all of sports, maybe all of international sports, because it's reached over several continents. Leangelo Ball, along with two other true freshmen basketball players for UCLA in their exhibition game in China mm-hmm. were charged with shoplifting from Louis Vuitton and a few other luxury stores and they were placed on hotel arrest for mm-hmm. several days they actually were sent back to the United States today with all the charges being dropped so they got out of that one but this is involved a bunch of media that never covers sports. Donald Trump has been involved in this, asking the president of China to let them go. You know, it's kind of been a crazy storm. So my question is, how does this affect UCLA? And will they be punished by suspension by UCLA or the Pac-12? Um, well, it did happen overseas. They did get let go of all charges. But the NCAA Basketball Association is in a pretty, pretty tight spot here with all the allegations, which we will talk about later, and all the scandals and stuff. So I think that they will get like a three-game suspension or something like that, something along those lines. But so nothing in too the, heavy. But in the grand scheme of things, what is three games in college basketball? Yeah, exactly, especially before conference play. Yeah. So if they're back before conference play, it shouldn't make too much of a, yeah. of a difference. Um, if they're as good as they say they are. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a pretty big story, especially with, you know, relations with China politically. And then on top of that, you go into their place and commit Americans a crime. Americans go into their yeah, place. Yeah, so I'm sure it's been all over their news and they're lucky to get off. I mean, there was China, I believe has like a 99% conviction rate Mm -hmm. and they could have faced three to 10 years in prison for it, but they got off very easy. So they're lucky to get out of there in the first place. Um, currently number one, Duke is playing number two, Michigan state. Um, I haven't checked the score It may be over. Let me get a score update. It may be. Let's check it. Yeah. Oh, yep, it's over. 88 to 81, number one Duke beats number two Michigan State. Duke is so overrated. Our first, <laughs> so our first big actual game of the season goes to Duke. Duke actually got um, the number one overall prospect in R.J. Barrett. He was deciding between Duke, Kentucky, and Oregon. He ended up going to Duke. So... I mean, no surprise they're a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to see here. Oh, the college football playoff, I think, is happening right now. Rankings revealed. Who's uh, in? Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that in probably pretty soon, right? Yeah. Just, okay. So, finishing up uh, college basketball, I mean, like I said, it's just started, so most of the games are just uh, blowouts right now. Oh, the college football playoff rankings. Nope, never mind. Never mind. Nothing. 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 Okay, well, 
Well, uh, let's let's wrap up college basketball real quick okay. with the scandal that happened in September. Um, the FBI came out and revealed evidence that showed that multiple schools paid athletes or used uh, brand deals such as Adidas to lure in commits. Those mm-hmm. include Louisville, who was one of the worst offenders. They actually fired Rick Pitino for it. He denied that he ever knew anything, and then they came out with evidence showing that he did, and he was a part of it. So not a good look. Um, Arizona, U of A, their big basketball school. They fired an assistant coach, yet Sean Miller adamantly denies that he ever knew anything, which everyone knows is BS. Everyone denies everything. Yeah, you always have a fall guy. The head coach always is going to have a fall guy. If something goes wrong, it's the assistant coach's fault, and that's kind of their job is to take the blame for it. But everyone knows there's no way the head coach doesn't know. But anyway, Sean Miller still the coach at Arizona. Uh, USC is part of it. Both USC is actually uh, South or uh, South Carolina and USC. Both of them are a part of it. USC fired an assistant coach. Auburn is part of it. Miami, Oklahoma State, they fired an assistant coach. And Alabama. So all of them are involved. Alabama did have some pretty big recruits coming in this year. So I wonder you know, where that lies, but there hasn't really been much action as far as NCAA is concerned other than the FBI, so do you think there's going to be any, like, major ramifications for this, or is it just kind of going by? Um, honestly? (sighs) What are they really going to do? It's basketball. Are they going to cut? Are they going to give them like a? I think Louisville should get not the death penalty, but close to it. Uh, heavy sanctions or something. Yeah, heavy sanctions on like recruits the, and stuff like the, that. Missing the tournament, maybe. Yeah. Missing I the think, tournament for a year. I think if because this is the first instance, everyone knows that. Especially in college basketball and other college sports. Yeah, something players shady get is gonna paid. go down. Yeah. Players get paid, they get incentives, they get things, Reggie Bush, you know, that whole deal. Everyone knows that it still happens. NCAA occasionally catches people and they give them uh, like reduced scholarships or reduced visits or um, playoff bans or something, but it's never really enough. I mean, yeah. even UNC, they had their whole scandal with uh, the classes where players didn't have to take their classes. They had people do their work for them mm-hmm. and they got away with nothing. The yeah. NCAA didn't punish them at all. But for this with the FBI, this is the first time the FBI has gotten involved. So they had evidence, but I think if the NCAA actually wants to cut this out and make it a real deal thing that players and coaches will be scared to pay, they have to really bring the hammer down, but I just don't see the NCAA doing it because these are big-name schools like U of A and stuff. These are schools that make them a lot of money, so I think mm-hmm. they're going to go easy on them, just like they went on UNC. Mm, I agree. Okay, over into the NBA. Uh, we got some hot starts. 
uh, especially in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics and the Pistons. Celtics are 12 and 2, the Pistons are 10 and 3 surprisingly. Um, ever since the Gordon Hayward gruesome injury, Kyrie Irving has gone off. They are 12 and 2, as I said. Uh, he also had that uh, comment that he made to a fan that I cannot repeat, but ever since that comment, he's gone off. And they lead the Eastern Conference. The Cavs, without him and also without Isaiah Thomas, they're ninth. They came back big against the Knicks, which helped them. And they got up which to 7-7. Seven and seven, brought but, them to 500. Yeah. Which is not a common thing to hear about the Cavs the last few years. But without Kyrie Irving, probably their second big, biggest weapon, and without... And Isaiah Thomas right yeah. now injured. Do you think this is something to be worried about this early in the season? Like, yeah. do they have problems, or and, is it just? And go away? I can, I can honestly, especially with the Knicks game, I can see what Kyrie was talking about because Kyle Korver scores eighteen fourth quarter points, and they're all talking about LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, like he got. Zero love at all. And he scored and he was the main reason why they even won that game. And should the Cavs be worried? Honestly, it's too early in the season to say that, but it does raise an uh, eyebrow. Like they should be cautious but not worried yet because Isaiah Thomas hasn't come back. They've been injured this whole season, pretty much. Um, I, I think it's something to be worried about because there's, there's more than just getting off to a slow start. I think it's, has to do with depth. I mean, they, they lost something there. I think their lineup isn't quite right. It doesn't quite fit together. I think especially like Dwayne Wade coming off the bench is kind of weird. I don't think D Rose is anything to be hyped about. I just think there's too much going on there. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, on to the Western Conference. We have the Rockets and the Warriors, both eleven and three. The Rockets have the tiebreaker. Uh, they're on top of the Western Conference. Another team that is struggling that should be good is the Thunder. They're six mm-hmm. and seven with their big three. Uh, how's it working out there? Should never gotten rid of Brad Stevens. Billy Dol- Donovan is a terrible coach. That's all I have to say. I think they have a legitimate problem there. Billy Donovan is a terrible coach. I don't care if he played for Florida. They have an MVP. They have Melo. They have Paul Paul George, George, one of the best two-way players. It's just not working. I think... It could turn out to be a thing like the Warriors, where they brought in Kevin Durant and they took a little bit to gel. No, but, but the they Warriors didn't even take good. that. Yeah, they were still good. The Thunder have been losing to bad teams, losing games that they should win. So I think that's going to be a problem that they really need to figure out soon because you can't fall behind in the Western Conference. There's just mm-hmm. too many good teams. If you fall behind and you don't figure it out soon, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Um, now that brings it to kind of a head where we talk about 
Warriors and Cavs. The Cavs, we already talked about, there's 500 right now. But will we see another four straight Warriors-Cavs finals? And if not, who can beat the Warriors out of any team? Any team? Say in the in the Western Conference playoffs or in, in the finals. In the Western Conference playoffs? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know because, like, when you think about it, the Warriors have a player that's basically going to be open every single, every single, like, um, every single drive, like, they have uh they're gonna they have a lineup with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Durant, and uh Nick Young. Who are you gonna leave open? Who are you gonna double? Like there's so much offensive firepower. The, yeah, the problem with the Warriors isn't even their starting lineup. I mean it's obviously it is, but it's depth. their depth, yeah. They have so much like Jordan Bell, I mean mm-hmm. obvious Oregon bias there, but Jordan mm-hmm. Bell as a rookie he could probably start on a lot of mm-hmm. teams that def- desperately need it, and he's going to be coached up by Draymond Green, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that defensive monster that can play inside a little bit. But he's mm-hmm. he's like an afterthought completely on that team yeah. because they have so many guys on the bench. So it's, it's just I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think you're going to have to wait. I think that it's just a at least dynasty. before someone challenges them. It's just a dynasty because they're the, the thing is they're building up players like Patrick McCall and people like that who are on the bench. They got their uh next um they got the person that'll take over for Andre Godala. It's like they're building a full on dynasty right now. Like just for the immediate future and the future future. And it's scary. It's very scary. And then who could beat the Cavs? Almost anyone could beat the Cavs right now. All right. Um, case for fi- or case for MVP right now. Who who's early MVPs? Who's early MVPs? Um, hmm. It's hard because Kristaps is just filling up the stat sheet right now. And then, but his team isn't really winning. And Giannis, he's filling up the stat sheet too, but his team is playing 500 ball right now, I think, or something like that. So, I don't know. For me, I have Giannis right now. Like, Giannis is a popular person, but like... Like you said, he... He isn't winning every game, mm-hmm. but the thing is, he comes up clutch against Portland. There was a game he came in. Portland's three best players are Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Yusuf Nurkic. He shut down all of them. He went over and he stole the ball from CJ. He stole the ball from or he stole the ball from Dame and he blocked Nurkic. And so he and he scored pretty much the game winning bucket on a dunk and he had 44 points. 
and he's been doing that night in and night out. He's been getting insane numbers. He's been looking like a Greek freak like he is. And I think that really builds a case, especially if we can keep that up all season. Oh. But another person I have to throw in is, of course, LeBron James. I mean, I don't think he'll win just because everyone's so used to him being good that I don't think he's going to win again just because everyone expects that of him, so they're not really surprised. But especially with Kyrie being gone, he has to carry the whole team on his back. So that kind of gives yeah. him a chance to fill the stat sheet a little bit more. I mean, I mean, uh, news alert, but uh, uh, the Celtics are about to get their 13th straight win. Really? Yeah, 37 seconds left. They're beating the uh, Nets 106 to 96. And Toronto's about to beat Houston, it looks like. Well, it's only the third quarter. But yeah, the um, I my my pick would be, I think this is James Harden's year. He's been he's been bamboozled in 2015, been bamboozled in when when Steph Curry got MVP because record matters, and then he got bamboozled in 2017 because when Russell Westbrook won, stats mattered. And this year, I don't think that. I think it'll be a crime if he gets stopped again for the third time. And then, of course, there's people like Greek Freak, there's Anthony Davis, and stuff like that. And then there's Nikola Jokic. Yeah, Jokic has been really good. Yeah. It's just a lot of, there's a lot of good players. Yeah, it's obviously early, but I think this year is going to be a really exciting year to see who can establish it especially a lot of these great players are on stacked teams so they kind of have to share the ball a little bit so that'll be kind of interesting to see okay over to the MLB I mean their season is over but there's still a little bit of news to cover Um, Carlos Beltran he retires after 20 years in the league he goes out on a high note he won his first championship with the Houston Astros yeah, he's at, he had a great career, so he finally won it after 20 years. In his last season, he wins it. So he goes out on a high note. Um, they announced the managers of the year. So in the NL, Tori Lovello for the D-backs, my team, uh, he, he gets the nod for NL manager of the year. Um, he got the D-backs to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. He got them to a 93-69 and 69 record, which is 24 more wins than, than they did in 2016. Mm-hmm. And for the AL, um, they get 26 wins more than they did last year. So that got Paul Molitor as the AL manager of the year. Uh, what else? Aaron Judge... From the AL New York Yankees and Corey Cody Bellinger from the NL LA Dodgers, they both win Rookie of the Year. And sadly, very very sadly, uh, former Blue Jays and Phillies pitcher Roy Halladay he died in a single person car crash in the Gulf of Mexico at 40 years old. Yeah, plane crash. But yeah, he, he, it was really sad. Um, he, 
he was one of those guys where when I watched him in the playoffs, especially with the Phillies, where he pitched and he was just incredible. So, yeah, that was pretty surprising to see last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was flying his own plane. He crashed uh, a little bit out of, of Florida. But, yeah, that was surprising. Sad for the baseball world. Okay, next up, our next segment, uh, prop bets. These are propositional bets that we're going to place, and we're just going to uh, kind of make these picks each week, just random prop bets, and we'll um, place our bets and check up each week on the record. So the first prop bet, do you think Alabama scores over or under one and a half non-offensive touchdowns this week in their game against Mercer? Under. Under? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Let's mark it down. I think they'll get, like, good punt and kick returns, and I think they'll get a lot of interceptions, but I don't think that it'll get, like, pick sixes or anything like that. I'm going to take the over on this one just because Alabama has a history of being one of the best in non-offensive touchdowns. I mean, I know their defense is injured, but it's Mercer. Yeah. And they also have special teams. So I think one and a half, they can get two touchdowns, I think. Mm. Okay, the turnover chain for Miami makes over or under two and a half appearances in Miami versus Virginia. I'll let you go first on this one. I am going to take the under on this one. Oh, explain. I think Miami's defense is definitely shut down, but... To have back-to-back weeks of three turnovers, I that's kind of a tall order even for Miami's defense, so I'm going to say under. Well, I am going to say... Uh, hold up for a second. I got to look up something right quick. I need to have facts in order to state this instead of... You know, your opinion, unlike uh, you, okay. I look for facts, okay? Let me go ahead and go to Virginia in their 6-4 and four record. There you go, with, their turnover margins. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, statistics. Let's look at this. Do do uh does the chain come with fumble recoveries also? Yeah, any turnover that they force, the chain comes okay. out. Okay. Chain. All right. Well, um, they've thrown nine interceptions all year. They, yeah. So no, no, it's not coming out. They've thrown nine inter- with the under. Yeah, under. They've thrown nine interceptions all year, and they don't really pass a lot. They, they run do, a lot, dude. They do have the fifty-third ranked offense in the country. Yeah, but they run a lot. I mean, a lot. All right, so we're both going with the under. Yeah. Here. Okay, who passes for more yards or for more touchdowns, rather? In the Cardinals versus Texans, Drew Stanton back up for the Cardinals or Tom Savage back up for the Texans? Uh, can I do neither? This is <laughs> you. This, you want to you want to say a draw? I I think that this is gonna be like the uh, the um, t- 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New York Jets game where it was like 15 to 9 or something like that and the touchdown was a rushing touchdown. I think it's something like that. Because I don't, Drew Stanton is there. Tom Savage is not Savage at all. So. So you're going with neither here? Yeah. Does neither mean neither of them throw a touchdown? Or neither of them are throwing a touchdown. That's right, my bold prediction. If if neither of them throw a touchdown, I'll give it to you. If not, then. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm wrong. That's just nothing. Um, I'm going to go with Drew Stanton. The reason is not just because it's the Cardinals. But the reason is, last week against the Seahawks, I mean, Richard Sherman went down, but he played for a lot of that game. So, I'm against that defense, he looked pretty good, actually. He had two dropped touchdown passes, and most of his passes on the night were pretty good. So, I'm going to take Drew Stanton. Tom Savage did not look good, by the way. Yeah, Tom Savage isn't Savage. You know this. We know this. Uh, okay, what so else? let's go. Let's take a look at those uh, new playoff rankings. Oh yeah, um, it looks like Alabama number one because they just just came out, and it's Alabama, I believe Miami, Clems- Clemson, and Clemson. Oklahoma. All right, here it is. Ready for it? Alabama, one, Clemson. Alabama, Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma. Wisconsin, Auburn, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State round out the top 10. So, you want to go back to our uh, playoff predictions? Yes. Let's let's see. Okay, I believe I had everything they have except for I have Miami and Oklahoma flip-flopped from Miami going to 4 and Oklahoma going to 3. But they have the same thing I do with Alabama and then Clemson. I had once was Alabama, Miami, Miami. Then you had Clemson. Or wait, did you? I I said it was going to be between. It was Alabama, Miami, Clemson, and then it was between Oklahoma Oklahoma and Auburn. Auburn. Okay. So we both have. Two ACC teams getting in. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think it's going to be over once the uh, ACC championship happens. But until then... I think there's a shot, just because of how crazy this year is, if Clemson beats Miami, but it's close, and Miami's only losses to Clemson... But if Auburn beats Alabama close and Auburn wins the SEC championship in Alabama. I think Auburn is not going to do that. I think Alabama just wins out outright. But if Auburn, let's just just think about it for a second because college football is very. uh, It is. It is very. up. Oh, oh, and Wisconsin got a boost because Michigan is 24th now. They got ranked. Michigan is actually ranked. Wisconsin went up three spots they're now number five auburn went up four spots they're at six georgia dropped six to number seven notre dame dropped five ohio state and penn state both move up four interesting Mm -hmm. uh let's see other 
big moves. Uh, Washington dropped nine. Yikes. Yeah. They're at 18. And uh, as I was saying, uh, Wisconsin got a prayer answered because Michigan's now ranked 24th. So if they beat Michigan... Look at Mississippi State. They're at 16. They didn't move. And I swear Mississippi State has been like 16 forever yeah i feel like i'm not sure but i, I mean like they deserve to be a ucf went up three but they're still behind 15, like huh? a whole bunch of nine and two teams so let's see washington state is right above them Mm-hmm. you know it's possible it's so very see, possible USC, usc is the highest ranked pac-12 team at nine and two sitting at number 11 mm-hmm and then the next one is Washington State then at Washington. number 14. And then Stanford at 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically they're saying that two lost teams is not the end of it if you're a two-loss team unless you're in the Pac-12. All right. Uh, now that we've got kind of a chance to look at a little bit, mm-hmm. just real quick reactions, hit or miss. Real quick reactions, miss. So our hit or miss segment. My hit, my miss is Clemson being ranked over Miami. Really? Yeah. I okay. mean, Clemson beat a horrible Florida State team, thirty-one to fourteen. The U beat an arguably, yeah, Notre Dame was highly ranked, like overrated, but they were still a top fifteen team, and they trounced them. So, I mean, there's a difference between the two. I think that since Miami's undefeated and they've had a high-quality win now, they should go ahead of Clemson. And then another miss would be... What would be a miss for me? A miss would be Notre Dame being ahead... I think that Notre Dame should be ranked number 11th or 12th. So Ohio State, Penn State, USC all jump them. Yeah. Okay. And maybe TCU. I, for my hit, I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm going to say I like Clemson being two over Miami. How? The reason being, Clemson has played more overall competition than Miami has. They lost so... a game. They lost a game, but Miami was very close to losing to FSU with a backup quarterback, and we've seen how bad FSU is. They pulled out several close wins. They beat a Notre Dame team, which I think is Oh, overrated. I know why Clemson's ranked that high. Because they beat Auburn. Exactly. So they beat Auburn, and they did lose to Syracuse, but Syracuse does have a good quarterback. I'm not saying that Syracuse is a good team, but, you know, it could happen. They lost to uh, they lost to Pitt last year, and they ended up winning it all. So. One, two. I think they have Clemson has beaten three teams ranked in the top 25 right now. And they also handily beat Florida State last week, 31-14, to whereas Miami struggled with them. So there's that. 
I just think Miami needs to prove themselves a little bit more or Clemson needs to slip up there more is, in order for them to flip. It's all going to come out on December 2nd. Yeah, That's... I think I think it's kind of the similar situation with Georgia and Alabama last week with Alabama being two. I think Alabama was a better team, but Georgia was rightfully one just because they had a bit a better resume at that time. So you're saying that Miami's a better team, but no, Clemson has a better saying, resume. I'm saying there, it's possible. I personally think that Clemson is a better team, but I think that Miami's going to beat Clemson. That's just my thought. Um, a miss that I have: Ohio State moving up four spots. I know they had a big win, but it's against Michigan State. They were ranked thirteenth, and Michigan State was ranked twelfth. The problem with that, though, is Michigan State was ranked 12 because they came off. Don't get me wrong. They're impressive, especially coming off a 3-9 and nine season last year. To turn it around like this is impressive. Their defense is fairly good. But they beat a Penn State team, and I think the only reason they did was because there was a three-hour storm delay. So you basically have to start the whole game over, and they get a whole new side of momentum to get off on. And they're playing at home. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of gave them that close win. So I would say it wasn't up. as good of a win as maybe it seems. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, maybe I'd put them at like 11, but not moving four spots. So who would be, who would you put ahead of them though? We I have multiple moving... two lost teams. Well, I would put uh, USC. And USC with their, what, 12-point win at, against Colorado. Yeah. And maybe TC or Oklahoma State. That's kind of a stretch, but I don't think Oklahoma, or Ohio State moving up four. You could put Penn State over them, but, you know, with them it's having because, a head-to-head it's because game, of, I think that's... It's because of uh, Washington losing... TCU losing. There was just those are two teams yeah, that were ranked of, ahead of them. There's a lot of teams that went out. So you know, Michigan State and Washington, they they moved down. But yeah, I just think overall, Ohio State is not the ninth best team in the nation. Mm, yeah, I still don't know who you put ahead of them though. That's just. Okay, so other than that, I'm not. I don't have too many gripes with this. Maybe I, my one unless, gripe is UCF being fifteenth. They should be number eighth. Eight. Chill, chill okay. out there. Chill out there. And uh, USF not being ranked. What is up with that? USF yeah, should you, be you ranked. See exactly how detrimental one single loss is for non-power five. So if UCF drops a game, yeah, but Boise State has two losses unranked. and they're still ranked. Yeah, I think Boise State just has Boise better, just... better uh, competition, and they, they have played like, a lot of power history. five teams. Yeah, and they have history. But another miss that I have is LSU at twenty. They're seven and three. I mean, they've looked better, but you can't forget they have some. They have a bad loss. They they lost to Troy. Yeah, so but I, then they beat 20? Auburn, Florida, Texas A and M. 
they, they beat, barely beat Florida, and we know. Yeah, Florida's trash. Florida's trash. They did beat Auburn. That was a close game. They beat. They they lost, they lost Alabama. Close to Alabama. But you can't lose to Troy. I mean, I know there's bad losses, in for a lot of these teams that are good. I mean, Clemson, for example, they lost to Syracuse, but Syracuse at least has like a huge weapon in uh, Dungy, their quarterback. It doesn't mean that they're a good team, but you can't mm-hmm. lose to Troy, I don't think. And, I mean, what what are their quality wins, really? They, they won against Auburn, that's it. Yeah, so I don't know. that's it. And Syracuse, they beat that Syracuse team. Yeah, but Syracuse, like I said, they have a good player. It doesn't mean that they're a good team. Yeah. They just they might have just had a good game. Clemson might have just been sleeping for that game, but I don't know. I because Syracuse, you look at the the games that they've had recently. Syracuse is, isn't exactly like a power, yeah. you know. Yeah. They lost to Miami. They lost to Florida State. They lost to Wake. So I mean, you could argue that Clemson has a bad loss too, but I think. Seven and three with three losses, I I wouldn't put them at twenty. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put a seven and three Stanford team over them mm. with a with a win over Washington. Yeah, I can see that. Other than that, I'm 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 pretty good with these with these rankings. They they have the Except they have the same top four that I Michigan have being slightly ranked. different. Order. I think Michigan's just ranked for Wisconsin to beat Michigan and then to say, "Oh, look at that, another top twenty-five win." Yeah, I think I thought that was why they put Auburn at ten so they could have a top ten matchup last week, and then Auburn ended up winning. So uh, we'll we'll see. the The other two matchups, the Oklahoma or I mean the Oklahoma Oklahoma TCU matchup. And the Miami Notre Dame matchup, both of them were blowouts, and they're kind of disappointing games. But I mean, it's obviously good for Oklahoma and Miami, but yeah. to watch, it wasn't that exciting. There isn't really, I mean, there isn't really that many good games next week. Honestly, only ranked matchup is Michigan and Wisconsin. That's it. Okay, that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to leave a comment down below. Tell us what we should change, what we should do differently, what we can improve on. Um, also, leave us questions for next week. We're going to try and answer questions at the end of the video. You can be sports-related. It can be just anything random. It doesn't have to be sports-related. Just anything fun that you want to ask us, we'll answer it at the end of each podcast um but for now i've been doing now i'm aries signing off